0: Yo, it is another episode of High Hopes uh, at myself, James Seltzer, John Marks, our producer, Jack Fritz. John, you said it, uh, I believe our first episode. When are we not going to say the episode number? It's now. Because I don't even know what episode it is. I'm not sure what it is either. So there we go. We reached we that go. point. It's pretty exciting. And
1: one one other thing right here I want to mention right from the top to you. I was on with John Stolnes, who is a, a great sportsman down in the D.C. area. A great, and a great guy. Wonderful guy. Great guy. Native Philadelphian and does a Phillies podcast called Felsky Files. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's year-round every week. I was on with him, I guess, last week or the week before. And so he's he listens because he's telling me about what we're saying on the on the show or whatever. And he mentions like, yeah, so check it out, great podcast with uh, with John Marks and James Seltzer and Jack Fritz. Oh, and like, hold on a second. Like, listen, I've be, I've been in this business, James. You've grinded in this business for a while. I've been in this business for for a pretty long time, mm-hmm. right? Like. I, I've earned my billing on the High Hopes podcast, <laughs> along with James Seltzer. Jack Fritz sneezes in the business about five minutes ago, and he's getting mentioned. He's the producer of the show. The producers don't get mentioned with the talent. It's a, he's it's the, a great point. He's the producer. So we may have to limit his contribution to the show tonight, as he's wearing a Trust the Prospects
0: t-shirt from John Stolness and Felsky Files. Yeah,
1: that's true. I did it on purpose. Getting free, free plugs for John Stolnes here. So. Well, he, lo- he loves you, but... I have kid. I have kid.
2: Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) I'll turn my mic off. I won't say anything. That's good. I
0: think that's a nice improvement. Talk to you in a half hour. (laughs) Nice improvement. Watch the audio. Make sure it's coming in right. Uh, No, (laughs) Stolness is the man. Uh, Definitely check out Felsky Files. Uh, Awesome, awesome pod and covers the Phillies as well as anyone. So uh, we are going to get into our third base review, preview type thing coming up in just a minute. And some Winter Meetings action as well. The Winter Meetings starting December 10th, coming up in just a few days here. Funny story, too, because they're taking place in Orlando. I'll tell you that when it comes up. But, John, I want to start out real quick before we dive into the third base preview review and We'll get to all the news and notes and stuff, but I want to start off with the uh, the five guys that the Phillies uh, offered contracts to. They're five arbitration-eligible players, because I think it does lead into the third-base discussion yes. a little bit. The five guys, Freddie Galvez, Cesar Hernandez, Mike Calfranco... Cameron Rupp and Luis Garcia—the last two, obviously, not very relevant to this conversation—and right. uh, also very low-cost moves, n- no real issue. I don't, I don't know about Rupp. We'll see. Maybe it's traded for something very minor. But um, the first three names are interesting, especially as we dive into the third base review. Is obviously Michael Franco. The, the numbers will be decided by an arbitration panel, so they have not been decided what they'll get. Looking to be around three-ish million somewhere in that neighborhood for Franco, five-ish for Cesar, and then seven for for Freddie. All fine. Uh, but and
1: that, and that's if they don't reach agreement more times than not, you actually agree to a contract exactly. before it goes arbitration. Yes. And,
0: and and regardless, they the, the numbers will be in those ranges, whether agreed to or whatever. The fact that they offered the contract is the main point, and uh, right. also the point that... If they're going to trade these guys, they had to do this. Obviously, like if they, you know, there's no other. Now they're under contract. Yes, now they are under contract, and you can trade them. So, I think that let's start with Cesar and Freddie and Franco. Obviously, I think we will get into a second with the third base discussion, but there have been trade rumors out there. Freddie Galvis, the Padres, being mentioned by Ken Rosenthal, speculatively, kind of. Uh, Cesar, we've already heard the Angels heard a few other kind of spots for Cesar. Both, as we've talked about, somewhat attractive pieces potentially to the right team. Are you starting to feel a little bit more like these guys might be on the move?
1: I don't believe that there's any real trade rumors out there because what I I think, and I'm not speaking of anybody specific, but what you do this time of year is you say, okay, who needs a shortstop? And you look at teams that need a shortstop and you say, well, the Padres, well... The Angels could use a second baseman. You know what I mean. So, not that they're they're not talking because, of course, they're talking. But I don't really think that there's a there's a hot a real hot amount of information out there regarding regarding the guys. Who knows if it's going to happen? It's going to happen most likely coming up here in the next week or or two weeks or whatever. Um, I still think that Freddie Galvis is going to be here. Uh, I don't feel strongly about that right now as I did maybe last time we talked about this, which was like last week. Yep but I, are they going to move him to move him? I'm not so sure. They they may feel like it's better to start the season with Freddie Galvis and you ease JP in to be the full-time shortstop and you trade him at the trade deadline. They're not going to trade him just to trade him. It's just if there's a team willing to give what they consider at least close to value of what they, they deem him to be, I think he's gone. I don't I, know if it's going to happen.
0: I agree with the concept that I don't think they're going to give him away. At the same time, I really get the feel that they want to start the season with J.P. Crawford as their shortstop. You hear Gabe Kapler come out talk about meeting with Reese Hoskins, J.P. Crawford. Now he's whatever the—I don't remember the exact phrasing—but he was like blown away by these guys and so impressed with them and stuff. I don't think that's an accident. I think J.P. Crawford. You know, those are two—the two guys who. Are the most pedigreed prospects, you know, former prospects, and obviously Hoskins proven it in the majors as well. But uh, the most highest pedigree guys, I think, they were ultimately when they looked at their farm system, two of the the biggest pieces by far they looked to build around. I get the feel this organization wants J. P. Crawford starting at shortstop.
1: If l- let's say that they they can move Cesar and they they hang on the Freddie,
0: I think Cesar, for what it's worth. Much easier move, obviously.
1: Uh, I think a better player than Freddie, but also definitely better player. But
0: also a little bit more of a piece that that can fit
1: a lot of different teams' needs. Position isn't as important playing second base and shortstop. Uh, if they move Cesar, I could see Matt Clontek saying, "Okay, we put JP at second base." You know that Scotty Jetpacks isn't coming up in the first two months of the season, right? So that gives them time to ease him up and then trade Freddie before the trade deadline. Then you shift JP over. If both players are traded, which I don't know what the Scenario of that happening. Who's your who's your second baseman? You start Kingery? It doesn't seem like he's starting season right. in the majors. They're gonna they're gonna milk that for all they can. Then they get a veteran shorts, a second yeah, baseman I, or I
0: think if if they did trade both guys, it would be a scenario like that where they sign a Howie Kendrick type guy to use an example from last year. Someone who can fill in for half a season or a you know, quarter of a season or whatever until Kingery's ready and can maybe play well enough that you could flip him for a piece of the trade deadline. But I do agree with you in the sense that I don't think they will trade both guys, but... They could. I think they could. I think that's a realistic scenario. I think they're looking to ultimately trade both guys. I, I don't think either of those guys is a you know piece of their long-term plan, as it were, so why not get something for them if you can?
1: I would trade both of them right now if, if yeah. you could get something that was even close to value for... I Because, I mean, really, what... what what are you expecting to get? It was part of the problem I had with Klintak, where he's, he's like, we'll sign these guys and we'll get great prospects and we'll trade them. with lasts offseason. I'm like, well, what are you exactly expecting to get for Howie Kendrick that's going to change the dynamic of your franchise? But I get what they were doing. Um, here, here's what I'll say. that there, You know the, the the Twitter profile fake WIP caller? Mm-hmm. Fake WIP caller would tweet out about who would play second base, that Chase Utley, come on back to Philadelphia. You're the new second starting second baseman. You can find a veteran guy that can come in for not a lot of money and do a a more than adequate job. A serviceable job at
0: the worst. I totally agree with you. It's an
1: easy position to kind of find and put together. Yeah,
0: one of the easiest positions, at least in terms of obviously from a defensive perspective compared to the other infield positions. And look, I just think that you get the feel from this team that they're ready to kind of take that step forward. We're going to get into uh, an interesting name coming up in the third base Review more preview there, but uh, you know I, I certainly think, look, would I be shocked if both these guys are on the team to start next season? I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be slightly surprised. I think that at least one of the two gets traded and and I think there's a real possibility that both get moved depending obviously on what they could get back. And to your point though about like what are you going to get for that guy, I do think you you have to look at it as like, you know, hit some singles here and there. And and maybe one of those turns into a home run in the long run. You kind of got to take those shots, especially on an asset that is literally worth nothing once that one year contract is up or whatever it is. Who knows? Like, why not take that shot or buy? You know, get international draft money, like we've talked about, or whatever.
1: Right, Cesar. As Cesar's salary goes up, the the less and less. Uh, valuable he is on mm-hmm. the market, because you're talking about a second baseman with with very little power. Exactly. Freddie Galveston on one-year contract, so I don't know what you think you're going to get for him inevitably. And you might be better off if you are so worried about value and holding him until the trade deadline. Maybe he has a really good first half and a team that needs a shortstop, that's a veteran contending team, says we'll be willing to give you a a B B-level prospect. Right. You're not getting a ton for these guys, but like you Regardless, said, yeah. you're going to need to out-scout their system to be able to say, "Hey, we really like this guy, and they undervalue what he is." So let's let's ask for this guy and get him back. It's you're gonna need you're gonna need to get lucky. James. It's, a,
0: it's exactly right. Yep. The, you need to go into someone's system and say, "Hey, this guy's good, and they don't know it, or something like that." Ryan, or he's San- under Ryan and here's why.
1: in the Yvonne de Jesus yeah, trade, man. he was more or less kind of yes. like the third or fourth guy.
0: I mean, we see that all the time. It really does happen. So or. Uh,
2: like a C- in a Cesar Hernandez trade, I think Cesar you get more for than Freddy Galvez. I've, I don't even think it's close. It's not, it's not really close. Yeah. So, but for like a Cesar, you have to take a shot on a guy like we've mentioned before Skaggs, Zach Wheeler, Stephen Matt, guys that have arm injuries and hope that they hit here. Yeah, that's
0: another good call too. And I certainly think that if they're moving those guys, they're looking for pitching that would make the most
1: sense yeah, in but those types of deals. Let me ask you this. When you say that you can get that much more for for Hernandez than you could for Galvez, I, mean, I, I it's. I don't know what you're getting for, for Hernandez. I mean, what are you legitimately going to get for, for, for I, Hernandez? Cesar I'm not saying Gavis gets a lot. He can step
0: in right now and and hit well for a contending team or a team that wants to get to. I mean, he's a good he's a good hitter. I mean, he gets on base 36% of his time. I mean, that's,
2: that's really good. Right, but my point is that. You're not getting, I mean, what is what do you expect to get from him? Andy's, a B-level B- prospect? No, I think I would rather take a shot on a reclamation pitcher project. Which is good, take, a, a shot okay. too. Which is fine, but but like, Cesar's also under contract pretty cheaply for the next three to four years. That's the point, yeah. He's, I mean, five million
0: next year, or four and a half, or something like that for Cesar Hernandez. It's a real valuable piece. A guy you can have as it a starting is? piece in your lineup. It's a
1: valuable piece. Right, I, I think. think at least, and, and certainly, I, I, I don't know if Major League Baseball agrees with you because there wasn't a big market for him last offseason. season. We're going to see. I think he's, he's he, here's what he is:
0: semi valuable look, I'm not saying he's going to get bring back a top-tier. My, my point is or... that
1: Freddie Galvez isn't worth nothing, and Cesar Hernandez isn't worth John Carlos Stanton or whatever. So it's like it's got to be closer to where you said, oh, you can get so much more value than, than Hernandez and, and Galvis. I just don't know how much value you're really going to be get going to be able to get out out of either of them. Anyway,
0: and, and look that there might not be. It, that's fair. I do think that uh, at least for sure you get more for Cesar than for Freddie. But uh, I'm with you. I think it's a, you know he's m- longer under control, younger, all that type of stuff. Regardless, let's uh, let's quickly dive into the third base uh, preview slash review. It's kind of become more of a preview than a review. You know, look, third base review. Mike Alfranco sucked. (laughs) We're done. We did it. It was good. But looking ahead, and Franco obviously on this list of guys that they're bringing back, you know, or at least offering that contract to, and you know, no reason not to sign him for three million dollars or whatever that is. I mean, that is. You know, uh, to to the Phillies is is literally nothing for a guy who right. does still have tools. But I know that we are kind of at least from from when we've talked on the similar page that I have zero hope for Mike Elfranco long term. Anything if he turns into anything, it will at this point for me just be a total you know pleasant surprise.
1: I was trying to pull up his his stats quickly on Baseball Reference, but I keep getting that. When you get this and you, and you, oh, I yeah. get it on spot track as well when oh, I try to no. look. You get the yes. iPhone thing and I, you can't get out of it. I know he had a 287 on base percentage, which is horrible. It is. Now, he he still he has the fact that he has 24 home runs and 76 RBIs is is telling in two two ways. He has enough raw power that at age 25 he's going to hit enough mistakes over the wall. Mm-hmm. He's a deadpool hitter. When he makes contact, it's a violent. Connection. He he has power. Yeah,
0: and he's quick hands, all that type quick of stuff. Quick
1: hands. And like you said, he, he doesn't walk. He's, he's swinging out of his cleats. And for a guy this young to really not understand the mental part of the game at this point, he's not that young. Right. But he's got a lot of experience
0: for someone his age. I
1: don't know. I don't know what. Gabe Kapler or anybody else can do to make this guy actually understand what he should be doing because I'm sure that Matt Stairs and everybody else that's worked with him has tried to do the same thing. It's not rocket science to get a guy to say, like, hey, listen, let's watch him at bats. Let's watch what this pitcher does. Let's not swing... Every time, the same way. They really have a good approach at the plate, which we've seen from J.P. Crawford and Reese Hoskins. This guy has no approach at the plate.
0: That's the key. It's all about his approach. He definitely has the raw talent. Like you can understand why he was such a heralded prospect and all that type of stuff. It's evident. Like he has a great bat. Like he's got a quick. You know, fast bat with a lot of power. He just has zero approach at the plate, and and pitchers just just beat him. Beat him mentally.
1: As he's been in the league, he's been— we'll say a regular for three years. He had 304 at-bats in two, 2015. He's went downhill every year as far as yeah, average on-base percentage. He's gotten worse to where he's 280 with a 343 on-base percentage in 2015. Went down to 255. He went down to 230. His on-base percentage goes down every year, and his power numbers have also gone down. Last year, he actually he struck out less than he did the year before, but the walks are right there about the same, 40 walks. And we're you know, this is a guy that plays – almost 600 at-bats. I'm not ready to give up on him yet, but if a better opportunity presented itself, I'm not, I mean, I'm
0: out. I I I am too. I don't think the Phillies are for what it's worth. I think that they do. And look, like we said, there is talent there. He's 25 years old. Like, I've said multiple times already on this podcast that you know, and many times in the past, you know, it. You don't really hit your physical peak until you're twenty seven, twenty eight years old. That that's a you know, well known thing in baseball, at least in terms of you look at the numbers and history. A lot of guys, that's when they really hit it. So I'm still willing to give someone with his tools and his skills and abilities a chance, especially with this new hitting coach coming in, the John Maley. I mean, he seems like a really legit hitting coach. So sure, that's worth the shot. I just don't think that that he is. You know, I can't believe that he's a long term answer until I see some sort of something of a change.
1: I'll be surprised, and I, I I think the Phillies are giving him one more good shot with new hitting coaches, and they've invested a lot of time and energy with him. So I, they're going to give him one more shot. If it doesn't work out, they had a quick. Once J.P. Crawford came up last year, he wasn't a starter anymore in September because you can't keep. A better player off the field, and J.P. Crawford is a better player or was last year, just with what he does at the plate, and he's fine. He's very good defensively as well. Um, this is this is it. This is the this is the last time for me that. I want to see Franco. If he does what he did last year, he's not my third baseman in the future, and it's time to look elsewhere.
0: Totally agree 100%. And I think the Phillies are probably there too. I think they need a, you know, I think they need, will need to see something from him. I, I don't think he has much longer than, you know, a half a season as, as Jack Fritz is like jumping out of his pants. He loves Mike Helfranco.
2: Yes. So I told you I was coming prepared with my Adrian Beltre defense. Adrian Belcher's 24 year old season. He batted at 240 and in a 290 OBP with 21 homers. And then the next year, he had 48 homers. It's perfectly fine. Yep. I expect the same kind of thing from Franco. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm not quite ready to give up on Michael Franco because of how talented he is. And I just want to see him close the stance. That's all I'm asking for. We saw with Giancarlo Stanton last year, it's a simple fix. Do it. And stop with this flailing open, like you always do every year. Make the one simple change. And if you can't hit the close stance, I'm ready to move on as well. Definitely,
1: yeah. definitely needs to change, and you're right. And I actually heard Pete McCannon talk about this in one of the... Doing leading off, you, I'm f- lead, following leading off is then Jim Jackson with the pregame show, and then Scott Fransky talks with Pete McCannon, and, and I remember him specifically talking about Franco saying that, you know what, maybe we he's a, he's maybe just let him be a dead pole hitter. Maybe at this point we're trying to get him to go the other way. We're trying him to do this, trying to get him to do that. It's not working. Just say go, try to pull everything. Yep. go do it. So that's where they were with him last year, to where you could tell they were they were. They don't know what else to do with him.
0: Yeah. And, and regardless, I get it, the town, all that. But, uh, you know, saying I just need to see one thing from him, and and I get it, Jack, I'm with you in theory, but saying I just need to see one thing from him after three years, close to three years in the majors, is like, when am I going to see it? You know, you can only wait so long. And I agree, you give Maley a chance to work with him and see what happens. And I think he's your opening day starting third baseman because I think J.P. Crawford will be your opening day shortstop. But, um, We'll see. Uh, you here's
1: know. the other thing that, that Jack's leaving out when talking about Adrian Beltre is he had been a regular in the league for yeah, one, two three, four. Sort of. Five seasons before it's a he,
0: ridiculous comparison, right? I just, no, you know.
1: if the, he would have just came up and had that, that's fine. But yeah. he was already in the majors. He had well, he had two thousand at bats before yeah. that season. And that also, he's talking st- about. up until that point, still
0: at bats. one of the best defensive short third baseman to this day of all time, well, and certainly like at that a bad time, at third he's baseman. fine. But the point is, is he's not Adrian Beltray. I don't at, think he is
2: Adrian Beltray. Right. Then he had a, when he was younger, he had one horrible season, and I think
1: Franco has had his worst season. Ever. Well, that's and and. I'm ready to see him again this year. I'm not ready to move on because I don't think you will get value in return. Why would you sell on a guy right now where he's at right. his lowest value? And, and that's he's the point. In your farm system, so you put him out there. You hope that a, a new approach and a new manager and a new hitting coach, Pedro Guerrero is the assisting hitting coach, but it's not the Pedro it's Guerrero. A it's a 28 one. year old Pedro Guerrero. And Rob Thompson is their bench coach, but not Robbie Thompson. Yes, Rob Thompson. Um,
0: when there's no P in this one. It's Rob Thompson.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, it's, it's a beautiful it, thing. It's not that Pedro Guerrero, but we will I, We will see with, and his defense, is he going to get better defensively, James? Or as he gets older and, and those concrete feet that he has, yeah. is he going to get worse? No, I think he's
0: getting get worse. He's got an arm Agreed. and, you know, I, I don't have a ton of hope for him long-term. Interesting, though, because... Uh, when you look at third base, I think it's, you know, uh, likely we all agree that Franco is the starting third baseman to open the season, but, you know, we already mentioned uh, Cesar and and Freddie, and either one of those guys theoretically could start the season there if, if they had to, I suppose, if, you know, the moves work out a certain way, someone actually wants Franco or whatever, but I think there is one, I mean, I don't think, it's, it's definitely an, another option out there, I don't know if it's a potential option for this season or not, but... The Orioles are reportedly listening to trade offers for Manny Machado. According to John Heyman, he had the Phillies and, and somewhat speculative as a team that could be interested. In, and, you know, as this is ch- one of those, who has money? Who has a spot? Oh, I'll put them in there. But, but, I've always thought that the Phillies' plan was to be ready to dive in next offseason in that legit free agent market And the key guy, in my mind, obviously there's Bryce Harper, but I've always been far more interested and far more fascinated by the prospect of bringing Manny Machado here. And the question is, look, if the Orioles are willing to trade him now, what do you give up for a guy who you could theoretically just sign after this offseason? is it worth it to block him from going to another team and getting in that situation? And then ultimately also, what would the Orioles actually take to trade away the best player they've had in a long time, even if they're not going to re-sign him? There's a lot to this, John.
1: 2017 had 33 homers and 95 RBIs, 259, down a little bit offensively. He had a still, rough start
0: to the season then was a monster. And he came back. still at yeah.
1: a 3.5 war, which is good for a down year. The, I, I would, here's what I would do. If I can sign him to an extension— only if I can sign him to an extension. I would, for the most part, you have to be realistic what you're get, going to give up. I would, for the most part, give up mostly anything. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to give away Scott Kingery, but I would give, I'm trying to think of who's our second best position player, uh, prospect.
0: Well, one of the outfielders, Moniac Hazley, one of those Moniac guys. and
1: Hazley can go. Uh, I wouldn't give up. Would you put 6-0 in it? I wouldn't put 6-0 in it. But I would,
0: I'd do any of the other pitches. But you probably. have
1: a lot of depth to where you could get away because the Orioles realize he's a year away from free agency, so that that there's hurts. a
0: zero so, percent chance he is staying in Baltimore as well.
1: Yeah, and they know that, and they don't want to pay him because they don't want to do that contract. Yep. It's just that the Phillies, do the Phillies want to pay a four hundred million dollar contract? Do I, Phillies- I think
0: so. I, I, my worry isn't as much the contract, and I agree with you. I don't think you're making any sort of deal for a guy like this. Unless you have a guarantee of a contract, unless it's a trade deadline deal, unless you're not giving and you're up just that much, a guy, which you wouldn't be, you'd be, you'd be a renting a guy for a stretch run. If you're making the deal before the offseason, you're doing it with the, the, you know, even if it's tampering or whatever, you know for a fact that guy's signing a long term deal here, which, you know, would make sense. I think the Phillies would be a, a suitor for Machado uh, next offseason well, anyway if they didn't trade. Well, here, for him. Here's
1: the thing if they're really talking trade, if there becomes a point where they go and they say, hey, listen, this is what's happening. Would you be interested in signing long-term with the Phillies? Exactly. And if they say, "Well, yes, but we want to talk," that's when the GM and the agent and the Phillies, that's when they start discussing. And they would know really quick if there was a framework that would be there to start talking about a contract.
0: It's exactly right. And the Phillies for what it's worth, you know, one of the better farm systems, a very deep farm system. They could put together a package that I think is, you know, and It wouldn't that, kill your system. Would take. Exactly, and on top of that, like you said, John, I mean, this is—I think it would be worth it to take that year away. I mean, the Yankees, you know, if the Yankees trade for him, they absolutely have the prospects to go get a guy like that. You know, something like that. You don't want to let him get in that system in that team, and then you know, much easier for them to re-sign him as well. So, the Orioles
1: also might want, might want to make a deal with you, not being in the AL. Exactly,
0: it'd be great. They don't want him the haunting Yankees. them for years. Yep. You know, <laughs> no, you
1: don't want you don't want to play him everybody game you play your division mates and I know you mentioned the butt earlier with the
2: speculative stuff but if you remember before last season started Jim Salisbury came out with an article and said basically if Franco struggles again this year the Phillies are gonna be major players for Manny Machado and Salisbury you know, I feel like when he says something like that, it means he's pretty plugged in. So it seems like he's been like absolutely. They're kind of white whale.
0: Totally agree, and and I think he should be. I mean, it makes sense. He is that great a player, and and he will fit a need, especially if they don't believe in Franco long term. It's it's
1: a- he's on he's on the radar. He plays an important position. He's young. He has great power. Bryce Harper is probably on the radar. I mean, the top guys are on the radar because the Phillies know they they need a draw, but they need a veteran player who has been there and done that.
0: And again, there is a reason that the Phillies have kept so much flexibility in their payroll the last few years leading up to this season. This is all purposeful. Otable Herrera, the only guy who's not in their ARB years who's under contract past, you know, into next season. Like, there is a reason for all this stuff. They are doing this because they want to dive into that 2019 class and, and make moves, and I agree with you. I think both Harper and Machado are guys they're going to look at but I also think that Machado was and always has been the, the main target.
1: I would like right. to see a Hinky move made here by Klentak if he's really this this bright young GM. And we've already seen him do it, to kind of use use their available payroll. I talked to John Stolnes on the podcast about it. Yeah, I,
0: the Nikasi, I mean, that was a great move.
1: Hey, you got, you got a top nothing. 10 prospect it was something for nothing. nothing. in theory. And who knows what that guy turns into. But can you lean on another team that's looking to shed salary so they can sign somebody at another position? Can you use available salary and get other things in return yeah. for that? I and mean, I'm, I'm hoping that something like that happens. Can you get a starting pitcher with
0: Well, that? I mean, we just saw, and we'll get into it coming up, but we just saw the Minnesota Twins do something very similar to that. With the Otani sweepstakes and the fact that both the Angels and the Mariners wanted more draft money and the Twins were like, hey, come on over, boys, and got prospects, legitimate prospects from their system for for international draft money that they you know might not have utilized in that same way they've got legit guys they can count on because these teams want to go after this guy. So yep. uh, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, all right, so I think uh, everyone, three of us, Mike Gelfranco, if you had to guess right now, Mike Gelfranco, you're starting third baseman on opening day?
1: Yes, but not at the end of the season. I
0: agree 100%, Fritz.
1: Think Machado might be here. Ooh, ooh I really I like that. Let's feeling. go! Let's go! So all right. You, so you like to Heyman throw stuff against the wall? Well, that's absolutely the move. I don't absolutely
2: think it's Heyman. I, I think it's I think Salisbury before last year had a little birdie, and I think I don't think I think you're right about the Yankees thing. They don't want to trade him to the Yankees and have him torch him for years. And I think that they really like Machado, given the McPhail connection and all that. Yeah. And Baltimore and Klentak being there It just feels like Machado's their guy, and I think they might. Push their chips all in because really you need to make a move like this now so you're more attractive the year after if you want to bring it And regardless,
0: creativity. I I've always thought like Harper or Machado. I was like they're going after one of those guys Agreed. whether they get him or not. That's why they're doing this. They they have no one on the books like it's they are set up for this. So I'm with you guys. I look go Matt Matt <laughs> Matt Klenck. I know you're listening. Get us Manny Machado, please. Would you put get JP us Manny Machado. Ah, eh, I probably wouldn't. I don't think you have to. That depends. What else, it depends You're what else? You're talking about trading up. for a guy for one year. Like, I, I think that you 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 can find a way to to get a deal without a guy like JP. And and, and I think that you
1: know. You know what they that, would probably if try if to Orioles do. The Orioles are
0: doing it. They're looking for for. I don't think they have a. Uh, I need a guy who's major league ready type.
1: I'm thing sure they on would it. take him, but of course, yeah. This the Phillies probably try to try to headline it with Moniak, and. Then you know, the Orioles are kind of like, yeah, you know, we like them, well, but, the we well, like em, but well, what hope, are you really offering? We were
0: talking about it before. you got to hope that the Orioles are one of those organizations who looks at Mickey Moniak and says, oh, he's going to fill out. That kid's going to be a star. He's the next Christian Yelich. And not an organization that looks at what he's done here and be like, ooh. Yeah, you know, it doesn't look so good. So mm-hmm. uh, it all comes down to perception in those cases. So, you know, you hope it's a fit there. Uh, come, we'll, we'll get into the winter meetings in just a bit because that, that does kind of revolve around this. Really quickly before we do, I wanted to uh, quickly touch on the coaching staff since the last talk. Uh, Mailey we knew about, uh, Dusty at third base. Uh, first base coach still unfilled, but we just mentioned that there are two hires since we've talked. One obviously being Rob Thompson, Thompson. Thompson Tom Thompson. Thompson, and then uh Thompson. Rick Kranitz, the pitching coach, used to be a pitching coach for the <laughs> Marlins Orioles and Brewers and was the assistant pitching coach last year and has been in the organization for a couple of years. Yeah. any general thoughts on either of these hires?
1: Um, not the pitching coach, but I think I think Thompson makes a lot of sense with Kapler not having a lot of experience as a manager except for the one year in the minors. You have a guy that's been on the bench for a long time. Not too old to where the game is, has passed him by or he's got those old-school thoughts of the game. He believes in analytics. has been next to a guy in an organization that looks at analytics and it's important to him. So I like the bench coach. I have I have absolutely no idea whether Kranitz is going to be—
0: Me either. I'm not inspired by it considering, you know— assistant to McClure Wait, is no, not a title that that excites me? I have no
2: opinion. It was a dumpster fire. The whole pitching coaching search was a dumpster fire. Yeah. A month ago, they announced him as assistant assistant pitching coach. Yep. They spent a month looking for almost anyone else, and then they settled on yeah it may, Well, it really makes you like, feel... It's a really uninspiring search. Well, it, it makes
0: is. you feel like a, a, mm. a potential one-and-done type of thing where... The guy that they wanted they couldn't get or wasn't available and they're they're waiting a year for someone they like more and, and give it, you know, he gets a shot. Like who knows? But
1: I'll say this and it's where Jack makes a good point is that you have a lot of young pitchers. A couple of them have legitimate stuff to where Kurt Schilling came here in, in a trade with the Houston Astros for Jason Grimsley. And he was a guy that had flashed a lot of potential but bounced around in a couple organizations because he was a knucklehead for one, but two, he just wasn't able to put it together. And Johnny Padres taught him the, the split-fingered fastball and taught him how to pitch.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it changed
1: his career. Oh, it's crucial. So if you were able to find a guy, I don't know if any of these young guys outside I think of NOLA of the, can we pitch. We always
0: talk about marketing inefficiencies. I think having a guy like a Ray Searidge or a Don Cooper or one of those guys who's a legit, legit. You know, like pitching guru or whatever it is. You know the the Dave Duncans of the world. Like I think having those guys is a, a market inefficiency. In inefficiency because they are so much better than the everybody else at that spot. It appears at least.
1: Yeah, I, well, there's a couple young pitchers that showed some potential, but I don't know if they're ever. I wouldn't bet on them being long-term big league answers as far as being starters. Pavetta can be an eight, a 7th or 8th inning guy. He's got stuff. I, he's got stuff, but I think he's, he's lacking a little bit upstairs. And... Uh... God knows what what Vinny V is going to be. Yeah, who I, knows
0: not I, I don't. I don't
1: know. I, you can't rely we'll, we'll on anybody. but cover that
0: but when Noah. we get to our pitching. The, well, there you go. We got to move on. That. Look at that. All right, uh, real quick, uh, Michael Martinez to the tribe. How about that? Shout out to Michael Martinez.
1: M- minor league deal. This guy, and if there wasn't the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Uh, that was the
0: best name. Suggest high hopes is perfect. But of all, when when you put out the hey, help us with the name. When I saw the rights to Michael Martinez, I like I died. Like I was like, that is the best answer by far. It was perfect. It was a perfect answer.
1: Give give the man credit because somehow he has remained in a major league organization and really the majors for a long time. Made the for... last out of a World
0: Series. He
1: doesn't. He hasn't. I don't think he's hit two hundred ever.
0: Ever, it's he's unbelievable. So bad. Yeah, good for good for you, man. Good for you. I'm getting those major he league does, game he checks. He does nothing those well. Game checks, Johnny. He
2: might be the worst player I've of seen all time. Like he, might the, yeah. he might be the worst
1: major leaguer ever.
0: He's yeah, Steve Jeltz was <laughs> but here. But I still Let's like him. No, he's, better than than he's better than Steve Jeltz. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, uh, non-Phillies news. Let's real quick. Uh, winter meetings coming up December tenth through the fourteenth at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resort in Orlando, Florida. I actually went to the winter meetings at the Walt Disney Swan and Resort in Orlando about seven years ago. Right before I got into this business, it was like I was trying to decide what to do with my life. And Mm. they have baseball jobs. They have a job fair at the winter meetings. And I went down to check it out. I, uh, I almost got a job moving to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Didn't take it. Here I am.
1: So you're telling How me. How about you, that, you, Johnny? You could have been in an analytics department. Instead, you chose radio. Now you're here slumming it with us. You could be Matt Clentak,
0: Theoretically. It was more <laughs> like I was going to be like a sale. Minor League Baseball, that's the thing you don't really realize about Minor League Baseball. It's all sales gigs. Like the whole thing is about selling the nights, the family events, this and that. It's all about selling as opposed to like the baseball on the field is very secondary to minor league teams. It's really fascinating.
1: Because yeah, They have no, really no control exactly. over it. Exactly. Um, wait, so my buddy Chuck. Actually works for the Trenton Thunder, and he does sales. He does promotion. When it rains, he helps roll the tarp. Out. <laughs> uh, this is true. He when you're in a well, minor they told league me operation. I could do
0: seventh and eighth inning broadcast because the guy knew I wanted to get into sports like radio and that type of stuff. And he was like, he was like, hey, you'll do sales. This. He's like, I'll let you on in the seventh, eighth inning. Do some game. I was like,
1: were you dating your lovely wife at the time? I was, yes. So if you were a single guy, you might have. I might that have job. done it. I
0: might have done it, but I also, you know, I want. I, I thought it was a better move to stay here and get an internship and all that. But it was. Uh, it was, I didn't want to. You know, I was like, I don't want to do this. This sounds awful. Bowling Green, Kentucky. Come on, man.
1: It could have been awful. I'm trying to look up how much money Michael Martinez has made in his. Oh uh, my god! It's it's do, gonna make a sick. Do, to our do we do we have any guesses, Jack? I'll go to you first. Say like five million. <laughs> I,
0: I, I would oh it's I would say more than that. I mean, you figure minimums got to be like. Five or six hundred, and then it goes up. He's gone back and forth. I would say $7.2 million. He has
1: not made that much money. He made, according to the Spot Track, 1.4. Right?
0: Oh, that's outrageous. They're wrong. 1. They, don't, they don't know what they're much. talking about. I agree. Uh, speaking of money, a guy who's going to make less than he should, but going to make some money. Just mentioned it before. Uh, uh, kind of really the biggest story in baseball right now, at least the hot stove story, is the. Otani sweepstakes as the Japanese Babe Ruth is making the rounds.
1: When he ripped the Phillies, taking
0: a shot at the Phillies. We didn't want you anyway, guy. Get out of here. But uh, it looks like the Angels and Mariners. We mentioned it before trading for for international slot money. It looks like those two really making the biggest push here. Do you have any feelings on this whole thing at all? The concept of this guy coming over and and him being you know pitching and hitting and all that type of stuff. Is there anything? Are you intrigued? by this guy.
1: Very intriguing. Uh, I believe he will like a lot of the other Japaneseers that come over will be a I won't say a bust but will be disappointing and not nearly worth the money that is paid to get him.
0: Well, wow. Look at that in posting fees. But it's yeah, not it's like, not as bad not like, like it used to be the, the big yeah. Right.
1: But besides that, I know he can't sign the big major league contract for a few years. Mm-hmm. Right. But if he sh- if if the potential that is there I don't I don't believe Will it's not? I don't see another Ichiro happening. I well, see, I see yeah. a guy that comes over and is he's got injury history. He's obviously very talented, but you bring him on because it's such a huge story. I being down at the park when um, when when Ichiro came in with the Marlins, you go from having like when the the, the Oakland Athletics came to town, they didn't have one out of town reporter that was that followed the team, not one. They just had the, crazy. they had the major league they had Todd Zelecki's backup Ben Harris do this game crazy. story. They didn't have one person Ichiro had thirty Japanese with him. Yeah,
0: no, thirty with reporters. You. I mean, it makes sense. And it's, you look at those two teams, the Angels and Mariners. Like, yep. That makes Perfect. sense. Big Asian populations, both those cities, like it makes a ton of sense, yep. and, and I think it's good for baseball. I think it's fun and great for baseball. And look, I think he could be. I don't think he could be a. I don't think he's going to be a bus per se. And I just don't. I don't see the whole hitting and pitching thing working out well. But I think he could be. I think he could pitch at the major league level, and it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and look, I think it's always interesting when these guys come over because I do think they generally have success at first before the league kind of figures them out. You know, Yadier Nomo wins the Rookie of the Year. I know, but uh, yeah, a few others. And then others, he flamed and, out. Yeah, so I don't know. I think Matsui was good. Matsui was good. Obviously, Itaro. I mean, there are a couple good ones now. You, Darvish, Masahiro Tanaka, both really solid careers so far. Dar- Darvish. <laughs> Darvish. Well, yeah, the World here. Series has kind of put a. He's had some really good years. In the Jody
1: Mack like, was. Jody Mack was. Uh, was he was saying to me is just like, oh, you're overreacting to Darvish, and I'm like, dude, he's not getting 25 million dollars a year for five years. That's all that I'm saying. He he's still going to make money. Oh, he's going to get paid. But my point was that what he did in the World Series. May not cost him money, but ultimately it definitely won't
0: make him money. That's it, no, for sure. like, if he
1: would have pitched well, he might have done five years, totally and twenty five million. Him. As it stands, he might be four years, twenty five million. It, right. it'll, it'll cost him a little bit, but yeah. anyway.
0: Either way, I agree. I don't think he's going to live up to the hype. I don't want him. As it were, here. yes, and I'm happy that he doesn't want to be here. We don't want him anyway. Uh, real quick, just saw before I came in, D Gordon gets traded saw to the that. Mariners. Jeff uh, Jeff Passan puts that out there, and they're going to move him to center field. That's weird. Okay, uh, but. Uh, you know, out of the the National East, so I guess, I don't think there's any real. Exciting thing here, but uh, much more sadly, the end of the Tyler Chatwood era here in Philly. Very disappointing. I mentioned here Former on this podcast. Philly. I know Jack is a big Chatwood fan. I thought that was a perfect guy to go get because the road numbers were so good. He looked so good outside of Colorado. One of those guys who's not going to get valued properly. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, the Chicago Cubs and Theo I've seen slide in and get him. Yep.
1: Go figure. Go and he has a .69
0: ERA in Wrigley. Go career. figure. All right, and the Stanton deal still on the horizon. Giants are the front runner. Cards and. Dodgers still in. You happy the Phillies kind of not in on this? Yep. I'm really good with them not being in this. Last thing before we get out of here. Raphael Palmero returning at 53. Is it happening, John? Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: if If he's interested in playing for the Long Island Ducks in the Independent <laughs> League, sure. He- I didn't do steroids, John! Oh, you caught me crap man it, no it's Talk, pretty man. insulting if you've seen what he's doing and you can see the the reasoning behind this first of all he's, he's a total idiot to think that there's a major league team that doesn't value a dh as it is they're going to sign a 53 year old guy that can only play dh it's outrageous uh, and he but what he really thinks is going to happen because the, the whole story now is that he unknowingly took some kind of su- substance oh, oh, dude,
0: real quick yes D- is there a worse excuse in In anything in life, my dog ate my homework is a better excuse than I didn't knowingly take them. Really, well, you're it's a, a professional athlete. You know everything that goes in your body. Don't give me that crap. Well, of
1: course, but there's no rebutting that. You just say, right, "Why well, I, uh, I didn't know? What are you talking uh, about?" But was it was his so original? Someone hacked my Twitter account, but that wasn't his original. There was no excuse. He just said it was wrong. I think when he got when he tested positive, when he wagged his finger at Congress, and then he, uh, pe- there, I did not take steroids. Period. And then he tests positive. I don't think he ever said it must have been a bad test. I or like I I took. I took something wrong, or I took something from GNC. I just think he denied it that he took it. There was no real, like at least at least deny. Like back then, I don't think there was the oh man, I went to GNC and I didn't realize it. there was just like he was it just was like,
0: on the NFL player app. It said I could take it.
1: Well he? Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Lane he, Johnson. He no, he. He just kind of was like, "No, man, not me. No, that wasn't me." Like he didn't have an excuse for yeah. it. Now he's coming out because he can't get in the Hall of Fame with 3000 hits and 500 the home runs. The only
0: person not in the Hall of Fame, I think there're only like five
1: guys have actually done that. Four-time All-Star that has 3000 hits and 500 home runs. What does that runs. tell you? Yeah, it tells me that he played for a really long time. Yep. He was juiced, he was juiced as hell for a lot of those yep.
0: years. I mean, if you see Raf, like young Rafael Palmero. Did not look like old. It's like the Bonds thing. Like you could just tell. Like, oh, that dude took steroids. Like it just is what it is. I'm generally of the belief that the vast majority of those guys did, but that's a whole separate discussion.
1: There. Uh, no, I, I think. I mean, <laughs> if, if you'd be, a, you would have been a fool not to to take steroids if you were playing. So we
0: are we are all out on Rafi Palmero's return.
1: Stay no, away. I'd like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Lakewood probably needs a DH or something, right? They can bring him to, to the South Atlantic League. That's it.
0: Any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, man, I'm hoping by the time we talk, and we're recording on a Thursday this week, we normally do it on a Monday, so I don't know when we're going to do it next week, but I'm hoping over the course of the next week, maybe there's some things that happen because there's a lot of Eagles excitement right now, but I'd like for some Phillies news to come down the pipe and uh, you know, maybe uh, not steal their thunder, but... You know, just get people excited again. Me too, Fritz.
2: Most wonderful time of the year next week.
1: It's the winter meetings. I can't wait. I think if I have one
2: prediction, I think Cesar Hernandez is gone at the winter meetings.
0: I will take it. And like you said, I think things will happen. Maybe not right by the next time we're on, but the winter meetings usually... Pretty action-packed, and there are free agents out there now, and I think the Phillies start to, to make some sort of move soon, which I can't wait for.
1: Matt Klintak, year one, eh? Let's see what you got year Ooh, two, man. Let's see I what go you got year two. I go better, man,
0: but yeah, I'm with you. I understand. He definitely has to prove it. Uh, also, forgot to mention, when I was down at the, uh, the winter meetings, I... While I was sleeping, I had my interview the next day. While I was sleeping, I somehow in my sleep must have flipped over my body and slammed my face into the side table. So I had a huge gash on my face when
2: I went to my interview. So that was fun. And also how do we forget that? How do we what? forget Abraham yeah. Abraham Gutierrez? The the former Braves prospect. Oh
0: yes, that too. The Phillies go out and get Gutierrez, who was a legit prospect for the Braves and get him for like 500,000 or whatever. He was originally like 3 million to the Braves. Yeah, pennies on the dollar. Thanks, John Coppola and the Braves. Way to to be scumbags and give us some (laughs) prospects. And uh, shout out to the Angels for getting Kevin Maiton and all that. All right. uh, For producer Jack Fritz, co host John Marks, I'm James Seltzer. Thank you for listening. I hope we'll be back next time. I hope.